this morning. Grab your Bibles or whatever uh, device you may or may not use, you know, to look at God's Word as we continue on our journey, our path of uh, Psalm 119. As we come to probably one of the most familiar verse, probably the most familiar verse of this psalm. Probably one of those that uh, if you memorize verses when you were young, probably one of the first ones you may have memorized. You know, with that. As we continue to look at what God is teaching us in this psalm. We'll finish it up, I think, next week, Lord willing. And uh, right the time for summer to kind of officially end as school starts and then we'll be on to uh, something else, uh, you know, as we look at things. And one of the things the boys did uh, recently, Alicia, I was here, uh, I'm such a good husband and father that I sent her camping. You know, one of the tools they needed was this. Now, this is the smaller one. You know, we got a little carabiner on there. It's probably it's older than any of my kids, I guarantee you. I actually know when I got that one. Then hang from their tent so they could see. Now, Alicia wasn't tent camping. Uh, her and I agree on a couple things, actually a lot of things. But one of those things is tent camping is not us. Uh, days in is about as tent camping as we get most of the time. We'll go it a couple times because our kids love it, so we, we will do that for them. Uh, but she stayed in the cabin, you know, uh, with all the amenities. One way to camp, right? Uh, it was good for her. She needed that, deserved that. Uh, Josiah stayed with you, right? Yeah, he, he takes after his parents there. Daniel's a little more the adventurous one in that way. Uh, so he stayed in his tent. I'm sure he used this. When would he have used this? At night, where did someone else said something else? To read, yeah, he's a reader, you know, at night. You know, the power of this isn't felt, isn't experienced in the middle of the day. In fact, you know, I put it down on my feet, and to be honest with you, it doesn't make much of a difference. I know those of you watching online, you can't see that far down, you know, but it doesn't make that much difference. In fact, one would say, what a waste of energy, right? I mean, why run the batteries down with it during the day? And it brings me to a very, I think, at least interesting, whether it is or not, you know, to you, just amused me this morning, but I think darkness is very interesting. Interesting in the fact that we really don't understand a lot of it, in part because we don't like it. I don't know, I mean, Eliana is one of those. Uh, most nights I'm okay with it, but a lot of times she'll, she wants to uh, fall asleep in our bed, or really her bed and Alicia's bed, and most of the time I get, I get about that much uh, space on the side, and uh, we will, um, you know, uh, we have this little game, are you asleep yet? 
she talks beautifully in her sleep, and after about 10 seconds, I'll tell you, you know, and it's great. And I'm very quick, I kind of like it, but I still fall asleep. I can, I can still, I can't do it with Daniel, uh, or Joe Sagan as much, I can still pick her up, you know, and carry her into her room, but she has to have a lamp. You know, um, Josiah, on the other hand, the darker the better, I think. Uh, some days, for me, the darker the better. You know, uh, any light, and I'm talking about what that light does over there. It's interesting. Darkness isn't necessarily always bad. It's a reality. In fact, we will all experience dark times. And sometimes it is because of the experience of darkness we understand the truth of what the psalmist is saying. Your word is a lamp for my feet, a light for my path. It is only in darkness we will hear the words, uphold me and I will be delivered. Very few times will we utter those words in the middle of the day for us, figuratively and literally. Darkness is something we will all experience. In fact, some of us are in a moment of darkness, a season of darkness. It's there. And I think we need to be reminded of of some things as we will see in this psalm that there are many causes for darkness and wisdom requires we understand this. Darkness is not always a, a linear path. And it's not always an easy, maybe either or. It isn't either one of these or another one. It may be a both and. And sometimes in life, we need to understand this because sometimes we need to understand where there may be hope. What is darkness caused by? According to Psalm 119, darkness is caused by sin. He says over and over in here how how it is the sin of others. The wicked have set a snare, verse 110, for me. That, that over and over the, the oppressors are not living up to God's decrees, his Torah, his law. Sin always has consequences. Always. And there's no way of getting around it. There's no way of, of thinking we can, we, can, we can indulge in what Scripture would say is sin without it having an effect. And sometimes the darkness that others experience is the result of others' sins. Not maybe your sin. Talk within this Psalm 119. Especially verses 129 through uh, 136, there is tremendous illusions, there's tremendous understanding of the Exodus events in the nation of Israel's life. And most of those plagues 
the Israelites also experienced them. Interesting, right? It wasn't their sin that was causing the plagues to go on. It was the sin of Pharaoh. But yet, they still did. And so God said, look, I'm going to make it clear who my people are. Interesting enough, it was the plague of darkness then. That God said, my people will have light. My people will have light, even in the midst of darkness. I really wish, and Ron, this is how you know I actually listen to you on Wednesdays. I don't just nod and, and make it think I do actually. You know, I really wish that uh, I, I could sit down with the author of someone and I to figure out what part of the Pentateuch he was talking about. Ron mentioned that, you know, uh, on Wednesday, the study of John, John, John chapter uh, 5, where, where Jesus says, Moses teaches you about me. Moses will be your accuser to the Pharisees. And I would love to go, which one? You know, I'm not interested in that. Which, which verses? You know, as he talks over and over in the song, I really want to know, which ones were you, were you thinking of when you penned this? Which, which stories gave you hope to utter in a dark time for you that the, your statues are wonderful. The unfolding of your word gives light. Even when darkness surrounds. Darkness also may come from suffering. He says in here, my, my, my eyes fail me looking for your salvation. Verse 123. Looking for your promise. Because of, of trying to stand, we, we, we sometimes will be found to be in darkness, not because of something we did, but because we just live in a broken world and things break. And we have to be put back together. You may be suffering, and it's no fun. No one really wakes up and goes, I want to suffer a lot today. We have ways of punishing ourselves and causing our own suffering. We have ways of causing suffering for others. But very few of us sit there and go, I'd like to suffer a lot today. Then we find ourselves there. Yet time and time again, because... Uh, this, this author, he understands God's word enough. He realizes that this suffering that is coming, verse 119, all the wicked of the earth you discard like dross. I, I love coffee, as you know. One of the ways I drink coffee is, is a French press. And if you've never had French press, that doesn't make any sense to you. But let me describe the process to you a little bit. You start with coffee grounds, you put them in the bottom of what will become a press. And then you get water roughly about 203 degrees just off of boiling. You let it boil water, and then you let it go for 30 to 60 seconds. Too hot water scorches it, you get burnt coffee. Oh, no. You're going, really? Yes. Okay, really. All right, there's nothing. All right, you pour it in, you stir all the water in the coffee grounds, and you let it for a little bit, roughly five minutes if you want to set a timer. And then you 
press down the ground. And you are left on the top with wonderful coffee, you ask me. A totally different flavor than you will from Mr. Coffee. You know, really, totally. But I can guarantee you this, as much as I like my coffee, I don't drink what is at the bottom of that French press. Okay? One, you don't you wouldn't be able to drink it. You'd have to chew it. And then there's a little bit of what is going on. Here he talks about the wind of the earth you discard like frost. When I'm done with it, there's only two places that that coffee grinds are good for. The compost pile or the trash can. Most of the time it finds itself in compost pile. Throwing it away, discarding it like frost. That's where if we can understand things, we understand that the darkness that we come around us, the suffering we experience, is a way to push the blinds down so we can experience the fullness of who God is. Like a really good cup of coffee for me. Maybe for you. I remember when I lived with my new pastor and her family. They had well water. I've never had well water until that time. And I remember uh, a couple of times they would remind me, if you want a lot of water, fill up the jar and then leave it in the refrigerator at least overnight. Why? So all the sediments would go to the bottom. And then I looked at that and I thought, where do you want to make that? And it was okay. Didn't make me lose any more hair than normal uh, or any other things. And sometimes we have to let the suffering push it so we can see. That may not be the word you want to hear, uh, the word I want to hear. And sometimes the suffering from others, we have to stand with what the psalmist proclaims. Here at 119, that, that, that God will discard those by cross. It's just be a flick of the wrist and it's out. It's gone. That just continues to do. Don't suffer during this message much more than necessary to stay. Darkness comes from ignorance. He said over and over again. Teach me your decrees. Help me understand your law. I put my hope in your word. Your statutes, verse 111, verse 112, are my heritage. They're the joy. But sometimes the darkness comes from ignorance. Now, are you seeing how, how we handle the darkness? And if we have wisdom to understand which darkness and what is causing it, how we deal with people and ourselves differently. If it's ignorance, then we need education and teaching and coming alongside and showing them a way. If it's sin, we need rebuking and correcting. If it's suffering, we just need a hand and an arm to go on. Ignorance. See, because back to Eliana, uh, I tend to do this to her when I have to wake her up, much to her dismay. 
Uh, I, I go in and the light switch is right to my left and that's the first thing I turn on. It's awful, isn't it? But what does she do? The covers go back over the head. She says, Mommy doesn't do that. And I just get a reminder, I'm not mom. You know, with that. You know, but sometimes that proves my point too. See, we, he talks about being a light unto the path. If, if I am helping you along the way, and I put this right in your eyes, you don't see the path one way or the other. Oh. Point exactly. We don't see it one way or the other. We may say, well, they just need the light turned on. They're in there. Absolutely. Our world is dark in part because they do not see who Jesus is. Our world is sometimes dark because we not see who Jesus is. But sometimes we don't take the flashlight and put it right in the face saying, here it is, the light of the world. You see him? All I see is nothing. Wisdom goes on. Darkness is caused by divided goodness. Over and over we read things of uh, in, in here of how he is single-minded, how he is doing his best to understand. He says in verse 6, I have taken an oath, I confirmed it that I will follow. My heart is set. I hate double-minded people, but I'm simply focused on the law. Yet, we live in a world where our commitments are constantly divided again and again. No wonder Joshua, as he renewed the covenant with the nation of Israel as they're going into the promised land, he said, you choose this day who you will serve. No wonder Jesus said, you can't serve God and something else. He didn't just say money. He meant lots of other things, I believe. Because you will love one and despise another. Darkness in our world comes not just from regular sin and normal sin. It comes from when God's people have divided commitments on who gets first place. When the nation of Israel was at their best, it is when we read in the Old Testament they had a singular focus on who, that, on who God was. Even in the wilderness, as dark and as awful as that was, when they had a, a singular focus of God will do this, they were great people of faith. And when they started to look around going, I'm a little hungry. I'm tired of manna. I'd like some meat. I had meat back in Egypt. Their focus started to be divided. What our world needs is you and I as God's people this day to be so singular focused that we'll not stick how can you be so focused on one thing 
and a myriad of others. But let me share some hope. Darkness can be Darkness does not win, cannot win. And, and as the writer says, this is true because if we understand the scripture, if we get into the Bible, it will shed light on our path. It can't help, just like this lamp. It can't help but it emanate light. And it's going to do its best job in the darkness of moments. It's going to do its best job as all the lights get turned out. And if I left it here, I don't know how good the batteries are anymore, but in the middle of the night, it will shine the lights. I, most of you don't come here in the middle of the night like I do, um, but one of the things I've done since the very beginning, maybe much to the dismay of Rusty and Mark and Shirley and others, those center lights, you can't even tell. Those center lights are on. They're always on. You know, uh, partially because I love at night the, the four lights that are up there shining through the stained glass. You know, I remember Rusty and the boys, we had to clean those shortly after I got here. You know, we were spinning out and watching. Nothing gets you ever. You weren't heading up there. You know, not, not a chance. You know, I love it. And it lights up. This place. This week, because I forgot the lights behind the cross that you can barely see now. But when you walk in that back door in the middle of the night, or when the thunder's rolling outside and you look, you get these lights emanate out. So too, we must get in the habit now when we're not in the darkness of letting the Bible be our light. And then when we are in the darkness, it will light the path. And for those who are in the midst of darkness right now, don't, don't discount opening up your word and just starting to read. It will shed light somewhere. It says here again, you, you know, in, in, in these verses, that your word, the unfolding of your word gets light and gets understanding to the simple. As one writer who's uh, a professor has, has said, one of the things that sometimes happens within education is the professor, the teacher, or in our case, the pastor becomes the expert, and I can't understand it unless they tell me what to say or what to do. But with God's word, even the most simple of people in understanding can get something. In fact, some of my favorite times as a pastor, typically working with our younger people because they rarely see me as an expert. So I never lose that. You know, and they will say, well, what about this? And I've had other words, I've never seen it that way before. Doesn't mean I didn't necessarily agree. But, but if you're waiting on someone with greater understanding to, to unveil to you, you are missing out that as believers, if you are in Christ Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit in you, which means you have the honor of Scripture within you, 
who can do the work of helping you understand what you need to understand in those moments. Yes, we need someone who studies the more time to study. But also, it's okay to just go back again and again to the same words. This author, Psalm 119, he went back again and again to the to the law, Genesis through Deuteronomy. And he's finding light and light within us. As Ron on Wednesdays had told us, and it's something I knew to be true, we normally talk, if you don't know Jesus very well, start with the Gospel of John. You'll, you'll, you'll read things there, it's a great Gospel. We also should say, if you think you know everything about Jesus, read the Gospel of John. For there is so much meat there that you will learn something new that you will to us. Secondly, where is our hope? We have to willingly worship together. You may not utter musically sing, but a, a commitment to worshiping together as God's people may be the life you have as you can say at times I can't sing that verse, but you can sing it for me. You can pray the prayers for me on my behalf. See, our Christian faith isn't just about whether or not we are willing to do it, but it is being part of a community of people where all of God's people can worship on your behalf. Where it's not up to you. So, especially in the dark times, don't forget to worry. Don't forget to come. You know, I'm not a mystic in the idea that I think, you know, special things happen all the time. But you know, I believe God honored when people faithfully come to Him and worship. A transformation can happen from the times you step into this building to what I say, you know. The songs we sing may be exactly what you needed to hear. It isn't because I'm snooping in life or I have this great understanding. It means God is reminding you that I understand what you need in ways that neither one of us would. In verse 108, he clearly says, Accept my willingness to praise you for my God. We move forward. God acts to redeem his people. I already mentioned that there's gripping within the final verses of ours, verse 129 to 136. Allusions to the Exodus. I don't know what verse 
echoes of the word of oppression in Deuteronomy where we read in that story that because of, of Egypt oppressing his people, God heard their cries. To Numbers chapter 6. And the priestly blessing that echoes 135 echoes from. May your face shine upon your servant. A reminder that God redeems his people. No wonder he says earlier, it's time for you to act, O God. It is time for you to do something. Verse 126, it is time for you to act, O Lord. You want to be a person that turns your life around, that turns the life of others around, that turns God's face to you. Be so ingrained in his word that you can say with the psalmist, it's time for you to act. What a fool prayer. I don't know if we have the ability to say that much. But we go on go on as I conclude. Faithful obedience is reward. Faithfulness does not mean perfection. God never called us to be perfect. And the idea that we will actually attain it here on earth. That's why even from the very beginnings of the law, he set up a system in place where if you wanted to be a faithful follower of him, you could know where you stood at any time. But as I reflected with the understanding of the, the illusions or hints of the Exodus, I'm reminded that there were faithful obedience of two individuals in particular who were rewarded. Joshua. Okay. Rewarded for their willingness to do their best to follow the Lord of God. Father, heart, soul, mind, and strength. Did they get it 100%? Most likely not. But it is rewarded. We read in the New Testament that, that, that we will be rewarded for faithful obedience. I don't remember the exact quote, but Eugene Peterson has this idea of faithfulness is obedience in the same direction for a really long period of time. What our world needs is people like you and me being willing to go the distance. Because if we're, even if we're just letting our, our little lights shine at our feet where we can see it, if you are behind me and I'm, I'm on that trail, you will see my light going through. Maybe you go, okay, there's somebody else that is before you. No wonder the writer of Hebrews would, would give an example of those that they were faithfully obedient so that others could say, ah, I see the light of Abraham. 
I see the line of Isaac and of Jacob and of Noah and of Elijah and of Enoch and of others so that we may persevere on this race. Why? Because darkness cannot, will not win. As Jesus, or the New Testament, I think it was Jesus, there's coming a time when what is done in secret will be revealed. No wonder the writer of Hebrews says this in verse 120, If my flesh prickles in fear of you, I stand in awe of your law and your word. We must remember that the penetrating eyes of Jesus see what is done in the darkness. And not just the darkness that is out there in the world, but the darkness that is in my heart and my life and yours. No wonder we, no wonder, sometimes we'd rather not know the Lord. But then I gotta obey it, or I deliberately put it in God's face and we don't know this. Much to our listening. The darkness does not. Verse as of late in John chapter 1. Illumination of many things, I'm certain you will understand its full power and depth, I guarantee you. And I may never decide of glory. My favorite verse is 4 and 5. In him, meaning Jesus, who is God, who is the Word was light. And that light was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness cannot, has not, will not overcome. No wonder. John, in one of his final words in the book of Revelation, gives us the glimpse of glory. He says, there is no sun because in glory, in the new creation, we don't need a son because Jesus is our God. What does that mean for you and me right to say most quick one thing? In your darkness, continue the faithful walk with the light of Jesus. Open your word, open your Bible, be a part of church. Because in that, you will see the next step ahead. Not 20 steps ahead, but the next step ahead. We pray the Father God in the Son. To be honest, Lord, I don't know that I made much sense. I don't know that I ever really made much sense, but your word does. That's the good part. Your word, whenever it is proclaimed, always shines light. Whenever Jesus is proclaimed, the light of the world always shines. And so, Lord, I ask that you would, you would do the work that only the Spirit can do, that you would show the specific, practical, next best step for all of us here. 
as we seek to be people of hope, as we seek to lean into the darkness and go into the darkness so the light of the Word of God can be revealed. And so, Lord, may we first be grounded in your Word. May we grow in your Word. And may we let it be light. Lord, help us to, to do what you're calling us to do, knowing that you will give us light and you will shine the light and the darkness cannot overcome. You created light. No matter how dark it is, you still have the power of light. And so, Lord, may we see that. May you show up and show up. And may we be reminded of our great hope that you have overcome the world. That you have overcome the darkness. And that you will not just someday, but you can win today. As we submit, become steadfast in our commitment to you. You and you alone are worthy of honor, glory, praise, and commitment. This will be thanked for you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to sing of this.